tell you, there's a, there's a lot of oily people here tonight. My goodness, you ought to, you ought to see yourselves. You're just glowing, glowing. Hallelujah, there's a glow on every face. God has, God has come down and he's kissed us. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So good, so good, so good. Amen. You know, we could, uh, we can even dismiss service now and just, man, and you, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be telling a fib if you would say, we already had church. <laughs> I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost has moved and it's still moving. It is still moving. What a wonderful, special presence that's in this place tonight. And I believe it's God's reward. It's his reward for the prayer, the fasting, the faith, the years of consecration and dedication. I look out across this congregation and I see so many of you that have been here for a long, long time. And I want you to know that your work has not been in vain. Your prayers have not been in vain. God has got his hand upon this great church. He's got his hand on this church. And for all of our young people and teenagers and children, what a legacy. What a beautiful legacy to grow up into. <laughs> wow. Absolutely amazing. I want to extend, uh, express my appreciation for all of you, the food, the kindness, amen, the gifts. You all are just so special to me. And Pastor and Sister Joe Strand, uh, words can't even begin to tell you how much I love you guys. I really do. Go ahead and clap your hands. It's all right. Yeah. And uh, Siobhan, man, she is something else. I don't know if y'all know this, but a couple of nights ago, someone come up to me with a, with a gift, and he said, this is for you. And I looked at it, and it was a handmade card in her own handwriting. And she wrote the sweetest words to me. When I got back to the house and I laid it out across the table and I started reading it again and I said, Lord, this makes it worth it all. It was so special and I want to especially thank you, little lady. Let's give her a hand. She really blessed the evangelist. <laughs> so much so. Amen. If you are a guest with us tonight, I am so glad you're here. You're in the right place. Amen. You are in the right place. Amen. There may be a lot of churches you can choose to attend, but I'm going to tell you something. There is no church quite like this one. And if it happens to be your first time, if it happens to be your first time, I always tell people, I say, listen, don't judge us all at the first visit. You've got to come at least three times in a row. Amen. Because every church service is different. But I promise you, you come to this church three times without missing, you're going to realize there's no place else to go. This is where you need to be. Amen. Y'all believe that? This is where the whole city of Newark needs to be in this church. I believe that. Praise God. Praise God. And I'm thrilled to be here. I'm going to... Uh, I'll do something a little bit different. God's been doing a lot of different things in my delivery of messages. Tonight is no, it's no different. It's, it's a little different. It's um, from the Gospel of St. John, starting at verse 24 and 25. St. John, chapter 9, verse 24 and 25. I was, uh, I was reading... And when I came across this story in the ninth chapter, 
And I've read it before and read it before. But this time when I read it, it just seemed to just do something to me. You ever had that happen before? You've read something, you've read it many, many times, but that, this one time you read it again, it just kind of come alive to you. And I went back and I read it again and read it again, and the more I read it, the more I saw things. I said, oh my goodness, this is so good. I want to share it with you all tonight. So this, this can be preaching, it could be a Bible study, it could be treaching. <laughs> you know the difference between preaching and teaching. Teaching is telling the truth, preaching is yelling the truth. <laughs> so I might do a little bit of both tonight, but I, I tell you, I'm, I'm excited about this. John chapter 9, at verse 24. Then again called they the man that was blind and said unto him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. I can't explain the mystery of godliness. I can't explain the book of Revelation, but one thing I know, once I was blind, but now I see. Precious Father, we thank you for the many lives that you have changed. Thank you, Lord, for the many souls that have been saved. It's not by our power or by our might, but it's by your spirit. It's by your design. And Father, we stand here in your presence today and we just pray, Lord God, your perfect will be done. There's anyone in among us, Lord, that needs to know the way of salvation. We pray that a spirit of revelation will touch their hearts and help them to see and be saved. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone say amen. amen. Once I was blind, but now I see. God bless you and you may be seated. We want to keep our Bibles open to the Gospel of St. John, the ninth chapter, as we go through these verses of Scripture and just glean whatever the Lord will speak to us tonight. If you have your Bible, say amen. amen. Oh, that sounds good. That sounds good. They probably will put the screen, uh, the Scriptures on the screen as well. But starting in verse number 1 of the Gospel of John, chapter 9, And Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. Now it's very significant to understand that this man was not just a blind man. There was a lot of blind people in the days of Christ. There were several occasions where Jesus healed the blind. Uh, people were blind for many different reasons. Some people were blind because of a disease. Uh, some folk were blind because of an accident. They tell me that because of the region in the Middle East that there were lots of sandstorms and dust in the air and some occasions dust was the reason for blindness. The grit and all that would be in people's eyes to such a degree it would damage their eyes. And, uh, but this man, this man did not have blindness because of any of those things. The Bible says he was born blind. And his disciples asked the Lord, saying, Master, who did sin? This man, his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus said, neither have this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Now, there's a lot of people that want to know the reasons why we go through the things that we go through. Why does this happen? Why does that happen? I want you to understand the Bible says your very steps are ordained of the Lord. 
He directs your steps. He has already predetermined your days. He knows your end from your beginning. And when you have your life in the palms of his hand, there is nothing that could come against you that he doesn't know anything about. And I believe there is a reason and there is a plan for everything that happens in our lives. Even things we would consider bad. Amen. Because God can make good come out of bad. Amen. And so all kinds of things happen. And, and Jesus said the reason this man was born blind, it wasn't because of a, of a punishment for his mama. It wasn't because punishment for him. But that the glory of God could be manifest. Oh, hallelujah. And so Jesus said in verse number four, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. Why? Because the night is coming when no man can work. Verse 5, as long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Jesus said, it is day right now, but night is coming. Why is it day? Because Jesus is still in the world. He is the light of the world. And then every one of us that are born again, we all become the light of the world. And so now is the time to work. Now is the time to do the works of him that have sent us. Amen. Because night is coming. Night is coming. When will the night come? When the light is taken out of the world. When will the light be taken out of the world? The Bible says that the sounding of the trumpet. The dead in Christ shall rise. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. What does that mean? All of the light of God that's in the world is going to be snatched up out of the world. And then the world will go into total demonic darkness. And you don't want to be here for that. Oh, people talk about the Antichrist and, man, the Antichrist and the mark of the beast and, and all that stuff is going on. It's not going on now. No, 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 no. The Antichrist, I, I personally believe the Antichrist may be alive. The Antichrist may be moving among us, but he won't identify himself. And he cannot, he cannot come to power while we are still here. So how is that, Brother Easter? Don't you know greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world? If the Antichrist came to power now, we can rebuke him and knock him senseless. <laughs> we must first be taken out of the way. And then total darkness. Oh, my brother and sister, you don't want to be here when the night comes because then no man can work. When, we, when that total darkness comes, ain't no prayers going to do you no good. If you're left behind after the rapture, oh, I hate to say it, what's waiting for you. But anyway, the Bible says in verse number six, when he has thus spoken, Jesus spat on the ground. He made clay of the spittle, anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. That's a very curious, curious way of healing blindness. And what I, what I love about the Lord is he never did the same thing the same way over and over. Amen. One occasion there was, a, there was a blind man. He went up to him and just spoke to him and said, receive your sight. And his eyes opened up and he could see. There was another time when he took a blind man by the hand and laid him outside the gates of the city and touched his eyes and said, how do you see? The blind man opened his eyes. He said, I see, I see men as trees walking. And the Lord said, okay, let me touch you again. Sometimes you need a second touch. And he touched them again and he opened his eyes and he could see clearly. And so the Lord used different ways of, 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 of doing miracles. And I believe one reason is because he don't want people to get all focused on his methods. He want people to be focused on him. Amen. On this occasion, he, he spit into the ground. And he formed these pads of clay. And he laid it on the man's eyes. Now, when I see that happening, I got to thinking. I said, could it be perhaps the man being born blind? Perhaps he was born without 
eyeballs. Amen. Maybe he didn't have, maybe there were just sunken sockets in his head. And there were no eyeballs. There, there was no veins. There was no blood vessels. There was no possible way this man could ever see. But the creator went back to how he made us in the beginning and reached down to the dust of the earth and took the same matter and the same minerals and the same substance that made man in the beginning and he put a little saliva on it and rubbed it on his eyes. Hallelujah. And just started rubbing in the man's face. And you notice the man ain't say a word. Didn't say a word. I, if there was some of y'all, y'all be like, what you doing, man? What you doing? What's going on? Man, you ain't got to do all that. And man didn't say nothing. He just stood there. And then the Lord said, now go and wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. And he went his way, therefore, and he washed and he came back seeing. He was willing and he was obedient. Jesus said, you want a miracle? You want an answer to your prayer? You want your life to change? You need to go to the pool. And it's still the same today. If you want your life to change, if you want a miracle in your life, if you're tired of living the way you've been living, friend, we got a pool right here. Hallelujah. It's called a pool of water baptism. And you cannot get around it. You must be willing, obedient to get in the water. Somebody say, get in the water. Amen. Praise God. That man went to the water. He was washed and he came back seen. Oh, Lord. Isn't this so true today? The neighbors, therefore, verse number eight. The neighbors, therefore, and they which before had seen him, that he was blind, they said, it's not this he that sat in bed. Some said, it's him. Others said, it looked like him. <laughs> it looked like him. You know, man, when you get baptized in Jesus' name and you get filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, your friend's going to be amazed. Yeah. Is this really you? Is this really you? Some of you know what I'm talking about. Man, when I got baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, and I went to work, people, rec people saw there was something different about me. I didn't have to wear no big buck belt buckle with Jesus on it. I didn't have to wear no chains and nothing with a cross. I, had to, I ain't had to do none of that stuff. But something was on the inside, shining out on the outside. It was joy unspeakable. I'm telling you, when you realize all your sins are washed away, there's a joy that comes on you. When you recognize there's a heaven uh, that you're going to go to, there's a joy that comes unto you. You can't hide it. People will see it. They'll know something is different about you. Aren't you, uh, people, uh, aren't you the guy that DJed at the Dosha Cat Club? <laughs> It looks like him. <laughs> but I was able to say, I'm that guy, but I'm not that guy. Hallelujah. I'm that guy, but I'm not that guy. I, I'm not the way I used to be. I don't go to the clubs no more. I don't chase around no more. Something happened inside of me. I've been changed. My eyes have been opened. Oh, let me tell you, man. When God opened your eyes, wow, the Bible says he has, he has called us out of, out of what? He called us out of darkness. And the scripture says, gross darkness. See, you folks that still live in the darkness, you don't even know how dark it is until you come out. You don't even recognize how bad it is until you be delivered. Man, I was in darkness. We all had been in darkness sometime or another. And the light of God, he brought me out of darkness into his, what's that word again? Oh, it is marvelous. This salvation is marvelous. It's just marvelous. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't understand sad looking Christians. This thing is marvelous. 
Man, God brought me out of that darkness, the drugs and the, 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 the disco and the nightclubs and all of that mess. And I thought I was living the life. I thought I was, man, I thought I was having a good time. But boy, was I deceived. I was in the darkness. And something I learned about being in the darkness, living in the darkness. When you are in a dark, I mean a dark room. The blinds are shut. The door is closed. And it's pitch black dark. You can't see anything. I mean, you can't even see your hands in front of your face. That's how dark it is. But if you stay in that room long enough, your eyes will begin to adjust to the darkness. Amen. And you'll be able to make out the chair. There's a chair right there. And and there's a dresser right there. And even in the darkest of the dark room, you'll be able to maneuver and get around without bumping into stuff. Because your eyes then got adjusted to the darkness. And in the darkness, you think, I'm good. I'm okay. I can see. I can make it. But when that door swings open, And the marvelous light of God shines into the darkness. The darkness has got to flee. The darkness has got to go. But that light, that light is so bright that you get blind again. (laughs) You get blind again. You shut your eyes. Man, it's too bright. I can't see. There you go. You can't see again. But man, when you start walking in the light, as he is in the light, desiring the sincere milk of the word, here a little, there a little, line upon line, precept upon precept. After a while, after a while you open your eyes and, and your eyes begin to adjust to the light. Hallelujah. And then, and then you be in church a little while. You begin to see things a little more clearer. And you be in church a little longer. And you begin to understand things a little more deeper. And the longer you stay in the light, the more, the more you can grasp, the more you can understand, the more you can live in the light. Oh, it's marvelous. And then when you look back at the dark, it don't look the same. You, 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 you sit there and you ask yourself, how in the world did I live like that? I can't believe I did those things. I can't believe I lived that kind of life because now that I can see, now that I can see, I realize just how good, just how merciful, just how wonderful God has been to me. And you say hallelujah. Praise God. Oh my goodness, is this the same guy? Verse number eight. Is not this he that sat and begged? This is he, others said. He is like him, but he said, I am he. Therefore say they unto him, how were thine eyes open? How? And you know, to go into a whole thing full of questions here. I, I begin to note how many questions they were asked. Folks start asking questions when you get saved. How is it? How is it that your eyes were open? And he said, all I know is a man named Jesus. (laughs) That's all I know. It was a man called Jesus. He made clay. He anointed my eyes. He told me to go to the water. And I went and I washed. And praise God, I received my sight. Woo, hallelujah. It was a man named Jesus. He told me to repent. I repented. He told me to be baptized in his name. I got baptized in his name. He told me I shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I got the Holy Ghost. I got the Holy Ghost just like he said. And now I can see. Hallelujah. I got to thinking this man was born blind. He had never seen a tree Never seen a bush, never seen the sky, never seen his mama's face. How do you imagine he was acting when he opened his eyes? I guarantee you he was excited. Hallelujah. People started asking, well, this man Jesus, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? He said, I don't know. All I know is I heard his voice and he touched me. Oh, he touched me. (laughs) Hallelujah. But I don't know where he is. And so they said, well, this is a notable miracle. We need to to take you to the Pharisees. Okay, now here comes trouble. Here comes trouble. 
Because when you get a hold of the right thing, when you get involved in the right doctrine, when you become a member of the right church, your number one enemy is not going to be the center in the street. Your greatest opposition is going to become from religious people. Religious people, religious people gave me more trouble than cold-hearted sinners. Amen. I was so young in the Lord. I was so new. I thought since it was in the Bible, I thought everybody had this. It's in the book. Repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. It's written right there. And I figured anybody that called themselves saved must have obeyed that. Because it ain't but one Lord. Right. It ain't but one faith. Right. There's only one baptism. Yeah. There's only one way you can be saved. Yeah. There's only one church. Yeah. There's only one God. Right. So I was just naive enough to think, well, everybody got this the same way. Man, I went to work, and I was so excited and so happy. On my lunch break, I got me one of these white little uh, uh, markers, and... I got this white marker, paint marker, and got my toolbox out, and I was just so happy, and I just started drawing on my toolbox, Acts 2.38, big as I could print it. Man, I sat there, and I had it written down and colored all in, and I was just so happy. I wanted everybody to know. Yeah. And folks started walking by. This minister came by. A deacon walked by, staring at my toolbox. Who box does this belong to? Everybody said, Mike Easter. Him? Yeah. And they all started looking at me weird. I thought they'd be happy. I thought they'd be excited. They all started gathering around, looking at me funny. And I'm like, what? what's the problem? They looked and said, you believe in the Trinity? I said, Trinity or no? I don't know. <laughs> all I know is one thing. Once I was blind, but now I see. Once I didn't know where he was, but I feel him living on the inside of me. Hallelujah. I don't know how to explain scripture right now, but I know something has changed. Something real has happened in my life. Oh, but they weren't excited with me. I thought they'd be happy with me. Give me a high five. Praise the Lord. Good, you're not out there messing around no more. But they didn't do that. They got all sulking and angry looking. And then one guy said, are you Jesus only? And I said, hmm, I never heard that before. <laughs> I don't think I am. But if you want to know the truth, I'm not Jesus only. I'm Jesus everything. Jesus everything. Jesus everything. He's alpha. He's the omega. He's the beginning. In him we live and move and have our being. It's all about Jesus. Oh, man. But man, they weren't, they weren't too happy. They weren't too happy. And so, and so just like here, they brought the Pharisees. And it was the Sabbath day. That's another reason why Jesus did it. He did it on the Sabbath. Jesus was just messing with those people. They worshiped the Sabbath day more than they worshiped the one that made the Sabbath. And Jesus purposely broke the Sabbath over and over and over it didn't matter that you, that you got healed. It didn't matter the crippled walk. They were mad about what day of the week it was. And it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees was extra mad. And again the Pharisees asked him. He asked him again how he had received his sight. Tell me how you received your sight. I know you said it was a man named Jesus. He put mud on your face. Tell us again how you received your sight. He said, he put clay on my eyes, I washed, and I see. Duh. Just like that. Some of the Pharisees said, this man Jesus, verse 16, he ain't no man of God. Why? Because he don't keep the Sabbath day. Others said, well, how can man be a sinner and do such miracles? And there was division among them. Some of them had no sense at all. And some of them had just a little bit of sense. I said, this man ain't no devil. The devil don't do stuff like this. And so they went back to the blind man. And they said unto him again, What sayest thou of this man, Jesus? What sayest thou of him, the one that opened our eyes? What do you say about him? First he said he's a man named Jesus. 
But this time he said, he's a prophet. The closer you get to him, the more of him you're going to see. He's more than just a man. He's more than just a teacher. He's more than just a religious figure. Oh, he is God manifest in the flesh. Hallelujah. Amen. He was crucified and buried and he was raised from the grave and he's alive forevermore. And he's in this room right now. He's in this room right now. Oh, he's not like Buddha. He's not like Allah Muhammad. He's here right now. Praise God. He said he's a prophet. And the Jews didn't believe concerning him. They didn't, they didn't believe he was blind. Look at this. Verse 18, this boy, this boy ain't never been blind. And there he was standing right in front of him. He didn't receive his sight. And we're not going to believe it till we call his parents. And they called the parents in. Man, there was some hardcore people right there. Here's the man standing right in front of him. I don't believe it. Even though they had seen him day after day, month after month, year after year, they recognized him. No, something is afoot. This is not real. See, this man, Jesus, he's a trickster. See, what he did was he found another guy that looked like him, see? Took the blind guy, moved him out the way, and brought this knucklehead and fooled everybody. Now, we're going to get to the bottom of this. Get his parents in here. Call his mama and his daddy. Bring them both here. Oh, my, my, my. So they called the parents in. They called in the mama and the daddy. And they asked them, verse number 19, they asked them, Is this your son? <laughs> who you say was born blind? Now notice who you say was born blind. Because we got some questions here. We don't even know for sure if he was born blind. All these years you knew he was born blind. Now you're trying to bring doubt. You say he was born blind. How then doth he see? Man, they were just asking questions. You know what? You had to be careful how you answer. Because those Pharisees, boy, they, they would excommunicate you out of their church just as fast as you could blink your eye. And it was, it was a big deal to be excommunicated from the, from the synagogue because that's the only church they had. And to be called an outcast and people will shun you and ignore you, that was a real hard thing to deal with. And those Pharisees said, listen, if you don't give us the answer we want, we're going to kick you out. Mom and dad got concerned. They were a little bit nervous. And they asked them two questions. This, is this your boy? The one you say that was born blind? The second question, how did, how did he receive his sight? Mom and daddy was real careful. They said they looked at him. They said, well, by what means he now seeth, uh, we know not. But we do know this is our son. We do know that. And we do know he was born blind. But the second question, how he received his sight, uh, we don't know that. And who opened his eyes, we don't know that either. But uh, if you want to know, he's old enough to answer for himself. See, they, they, were, they were very careful. Those were the words that his parents spoke because they feared the Jews. Because the Jews had already agreed that if it, listen, the Jews had already agreed if any man confessed that Jesus was the Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. Boy, that is, that is incredible. And there, and there are people that have been kicked out of their churches because they named the name of Jesus. He said, in a Christian church, absolutely. If you don't do it the way they say do it, if you get up and say, I believe that you ought to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, they'll call you a heretic and put you out. There have been, there have been churches that invited me to preach. And I, I, I was really kind of, kind of uh, interested in how this all developed. There was this denominational church in town where they was having a big anniversary service. And it seemed like it was one of those all-year services. I mean, it just took all year long to do these anniversaries. Because every other month, they had a special anniversary here and a special anniversary there and a ministry and, and, and deacon service. And, and they left it up to the departments to invite speakers. So the, the ladies auxiliary was in charge of a service. And so they said, ladies auxiliary, you choose a speaker. The pastor didn't even had nothing to do with it. And the head of the lady auxiliary in that church, her sister went to my church. And she heard me speak before. And she said, we want Brother Easter to come 
preach at this service. Pastor had nothing to do with it. Didn't know who I was. So they made all the arrangements. They called me up. I talked to Pastor. Would it be all right? He said, yes, it'd be fine. So I said, okay, I'm going to speak at that anniversary service. Man, I drove up to that church that night. They were so formal. I mean, I thought I was going to see the Queen of England. <laughs> I pulled up in the parking lot. They had a, two guys standing out there with white gloves on. I'm like, uh-oh, what is this? I pulled up, man, they stood at attention. <laughs> I got out the car, the guy ran over and took my Bible from me. Why ain't let me hold my Bible? Took my Bible, held it in his hand. The other guy said, you know, follow after me. And there I was in the middle, marching into the pastor's office. <laughs> I'm like, this is kind of strange. Got in the pastor's office. The pastor was on the phone. I walked in and, 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 and sat down. And he was on the phone. He looked at me and looked back down at his paperwork and looked back at me and was looking. And he hung the phone up. He said, are you the preacher for tonight? I said, yes, sir. Look kind of young. I was brand new back then. You look kind of young. I said, yes, sir. He said, you're the pastor of the church? I said, oh, no, sir. You're not the pastor of the church? I told him to only invite pastors. You're not the pastor? No, sir. Did you bring a choir? No, sir. You didn't bring a choir? Because they always have special speakers and they were always to bring their choir. That way they can take more money in the collection. <laughs> Boy, he was double upset. You're not the pastor and you didn't bring a choir? Boy, he was mad. He stomped out that office. I'm so tired of people doing what they want to do. I told them to blah, 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 blah. Man, I got it. walked out there on the, the platform. He was hot. He sat down, man, next to me, man, and put me in the king chair. You know, they got the big king chair. <laughs> Set me up in the king chair, and I'm sitting there, and boy, and he was grumbling, upset. And then I'm sitting up there, and then he got up to introduce me. And they, you know, they, got you, they get your autobiography, you know. They write out your whole history, and he read, reading it all down. And then he said, and, uh, he said, we got Minister Easter here from the Pentecostal church, apostolic. You can hear a rumble go through the audience. Ooh. <laughs> He Jesus only. And they said, now I told Sister Williams to only invite pastors, but she went ahead and did what she wanted to do. I'm like, in front of everybody. <laughs> and then Sister Williams in the back said, I just did what the Lord said. I was like, oh my God, there's going to be a fight up in here. <laughs> So I got, I got up to preach, man, but I, I tell you, there was so much opposition and, oh, man, so much antagonism. Uh, not, not on the audience, on the platform. It was the religious people that gave me the most trouble. And so it was here with the Lord and with this young man. It was the religious people. They said, look, we want to ask you a question. In verse number, verse number uh, 23, therefore said his parents, he's of age, ask him. Verse 24, then again, everyone say again. again. Again, they called the man that was blind and said unto him, give God the praise. Now, in my studies, when they said give God the praise, it was, it was almost like, a, like you're in a courtroom and it's a swearing in. They said, we asked you before, now we're going to put you under oath in front of all these witnesses. Raise your right hand. You promised to tell the truth. Nothing but the truth. I do. That's what they mean by give God the praise. And then he said, we know this man is a sinner. How would that fit in a courtroom? When they swear you in, you promise to tell the truth and nothing but the truth, so help you God. I promise. But we already know the man's a sinner. <laughs> we already know he's guilty. <laughs> say, nothing you're going to say going to change that. Boy, what, what, what a court. But he said, listen, whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, 
now I see. You can have any opinion of him that you want. You can talk about this and you can talk about that. But I've got a testimony. I got a story to tell. Hallelujah. It's not based on what somebody said. It's not based on what somebody else did. I know for myself what the Lord has done for me. You come too late to tell me he's not real. You come too late to tell me he's just a made up figure. I know for myself I was addicted to drugs. But God set me free. I was living in darkness but God turned my life around. I'm the same person but I'm not the same person. Somebody say God did it. Oh praise God. God did it. Amen. Then they said to him again. Well these people couldn't get it. They, they, didn't, they, didn't, they didn't want to receive the right answer. They just could not receive the right answer. Verse number 26. Then say they to him again what did he to thee? How open he thine eyes. And the guy was like, I'm so sick of y'all. He answered, I told you already. Didn't you hear? <laughs> I love this guy. Now why do you want to hear it again? You want to be his disciple? Oh, they got hot. Boy, they got indignant. You keep asking me. You keep asking me. How did it happen? How did it happen? You want to be, you want to be up apostolic? Oh man, they got so fired up. And look, look at this, look at this, look at this. Verse number 28, then they reviled him and said, you are his disciple, we are Moses' disciple. They were still in the Old Testament. We know God spoken to Moses, but as for this fellow, talking about Jesus, this fellow, as for this fellow, we don't know where he come from. See, one of the problems that, that the Pharisees had with, with Jesus, because these people knew the Bible. They knew the Bible front one and back with Old Testament scriptures. They were acquainted with all the prophecies. For 400 and more years, they were looking for the Messiah. They were looking for the Messiah. They were looking at all the scriptures. And when the Messiah came, they didn't even recognize him. They thought he was going to come on a big white stallion and throw down a Roman government, but he came riding on the back of a donkey. Hallelujah. Amen. They did not know. They was looking in the scriptures. They know he was going to be the son of David. And they knew from the scriptures that according to the prophet, he's going to be born in Bethlehem. So this man that, that was going to do miracles, this Messiah that was coming, they knew where he was going to come from. He's going to come from the city of David. But Jesus wasn't known as Jesus of Bethlehem. He was known as Jesus of Nazareth. And no good thing can come out of Nazareth. God had them all messed up. And they were looking for Jesus in all the wrong places. And while they was in the temple praying, oh, send the Messiah, Jesus was riding by on a donkey. And they didn't even know it. Some people go to church every day, every day, and the God they serve is passing them by. And they don't even know it. Amen. And so the man answered, he said unto them, this is so blowing my mind. Verse 30, he, he said, why herein, this is a miracle, this is a marvelous thing that you don't even know from where he come from, yet he have opened my eyes. This man has opened my eyes. Now we know that God don't hear sinners, but if a man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. Oh, that's good right there. That's a, that's a message all in the by itself. If a man be a worshiper of God, are you a worshiper of God? Yeah. Amen. And doeth his will, are you doing his will? Yeah. Then God will hear you when you pray. But since the world began, it was not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind. Nobody can do what this man did. Nobody can be what this man is. And yet you say that he's a sinner. Oh, I don't know what it is about you people. Amen. If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. And the nerve of this man to say that to the Pharisees. They answered and said to him, you know what? <laughs> you was all together born in sin. <laughs> you no good piece of nothing. And here you ain't going to try to teach us. We Pharisees. We religious. 
We are dedicated to this. And look at you, a, 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 a lump of clay. You ain't nothing. And you're going to try to tell us. Oh, man, I tell you, that spirit is still out there. There are those of you in here right now that have heard so much good preaching. You got enough gospel in you to turn this city upside down. You know more in one service what some of these jokers learned in four years of Bible college. Amen. I got relatives that claim they are preachers, ministers, got their certificates on YouTube. Come on now. And they up parade. I got my certificate. I got my certificate. I'm a minister now. Minister of what? And they get on, they get on YouTube and film themselves trying to teach and preach. And I'm just like, oh, that's so pitiful. Amen. And then you sit there and try to tell us something. They get mad at you. But who do you think you are? We know what we're talking about. That's, how, that's the kind of attitude they had. And then the Bible says, and they cast him out. They kicked him out of the synagogue. They said, you are not welcome here. We don't want you here. You an outcast. And he was kicked out. But thir verse 35. Uh, Jesus heard. <laughs> Jesus heard. Let me tell you, there's nothing you go through that Jesus don't know about. There's nothing that you deal with that the Lord don't know about it. Jesus heard they cast the man out, and this is what I like. And look, notice what the Bible says. And when he had found him. That's the second time Jesus found him. The Lord said, you, you, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I chose you. So many, so many times people get up and testify, oh, I want to give glory to God. I'm so glad the day I found the Lord. I, 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 I. You didn't find God. God, God wasn't lost. God found you. God chose you. God picked out you. He came looking for you. He was the shepherd that left the fold and went looking for the lost sheep. I'm so glad he found me. I'm so glad he found me. Woo, hallelujah. If it had not been for Jesus, where would I be? Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus found him. And when he found him, he walked up to the man and he said, do you believe on the son of God? He asked and said, who is he, Lord? Who is he, sir? Who, who is this son of God that I might believe on him? And Jesus said, thou have both seen him and it is he that is talking with you right now. Hallelujah. You heard his voice. Mm, mm, mm. You felt his touch. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, but that's more for you. He wants you to know him. He wants you to know him. Hallelujah. How many have heard his voice? How many have felt his touch? Glory to God. And now he wants you to know who he is. He wants you to have a relationship with him. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And when he said that to that man, he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. The man that opened his eyes. The man that changed his life. The man that changed his direction. He worshipped him. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. We ought to be worshipers of God. We owe him everything. We owe him our very being. Oh, maybe things ain't going every, all the time the way you wanted to go. But I'm going to tell you something. It's worth every trial. It's worth every situation. All the pain that you feel in your body. Hallelujah. Don't despair. God takes note of every one of it. He knows what you're going through and there's a great reward. There's a great reward in store for you. Oh, hallelujah. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that the Lord found me. And Jesus told him, he said, this is why I came into the world. I came into the world to make judgment, to make division. I came into the world to make a difference that they would see not might see and they would see might be made blind wait a minute say that again lord 
I came that they which see not might see. Those that can't find their way. Those that are poor in spirit. Those that are humble. Those that are hurting. Those that don't have the answers. That's the ones Jesus is looking for. He's looking for the distraught. He's looking for the people that's living at the bottom of the barrel. He's looking for desperate souls. Those that are wallowing in darkness. He says, I'm looking for them that they might see. And those that might see will be made blind. Amen. Like that old man called Saul of Tarsus. He was totally dedicated to the Lord. He went about persecuting the church in the name of Jehovah God. He was protecting what Moses had given them and he was not ready to see anything change that. And when these new religion of Christianity got started Saul of Tarsus was he was, he was, he was determined to wipe out Christianity. He thought he could see he thought he knew what he was doing he was doing it for the grace of God he was doing it for the one God of Israel he thought he could see and the Bible says while he was on the road to Damascus a bright light shined out of heaven and blinded him oh hallelujah he thought he knew everything but he really didn't know nothing you know the people that think they know everything they're the hardest ones to reach People that feel, well, I, I understand that. I know this. Amen. I know my Bible. I know who God is. No, you don't know nothing. And we got pulpits full of preachers that way. Anytime a preacher will preach that there are three persons in the Godhead, that's not in the Bible. He's a blind preacher. Somebody say Amen. Anytime a preacher get in the pulpit and tells you it don't matter how you live, God understands, nobody's perfect, he's a blind preacher. Anytime somebody get up in your face and tell you that you can be baptized any way you want to, it don't matter, that's a blind preacher. Amen. Friend, let me tell you something. You need to know that you don't know. You need to come to terms. There's some things you need to get a handle on. You need to have an attitude. Lord, teach me, Lord. Show me, Lord. Amen. Guide me, Lord. You're the ones he's looking for. You're the ones that he's looking for. Oh, I'm so glad that God brought me out of darkness. I'm so glad he brought me into this marvelous light. We got two more verses. Verse number 40 and verse 41. And some of the Pharisees which were with him, they heard these words. And they said unto him, are we blind also? Well, they were close to the truth. They were close to being delivered. And Jesus said, if you were blind, you should have no sin. But now you say we see, therefore your sin remaineth. If you recognize tonight that your life is not where it needs to be, then you're on the road to recovery. If you feel like, man, I know I'm not doing what I need to be doing, and I'm not repentant. I've not even understood what that means, but I know I want to be saved. Then if you recognize that, you're on their way to deliverance. If you're in this sanctuary tonight, and you hear the Bible says, except a man is baptized, amen, born of the water and of the spirit, he can't enter the kingdom, and you sit there thinking, man, I've not been born again of the water and the spirit, then friend, you're on your way. To deliverance. Tonight is your night. Though the whole world is in darkness. Jesus said I am the light of the world. Any man come unto me. Shall find pasture for his soul. So my invitation to you tonight is this. Come out of darkness. Come out of the world. Come out of all this religiosity. And come to the light of the truth. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 and verse number 37. I'm going to close with this. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 37. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn there with me. Acts chapter 2, verse 37. And when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. They said, men and brethren, what shall we do? That's the most important question you could ever ask. What shall we do? I know I need to do something. You can't get saved just sitting still. There's something you must do. 
If you are a visitor here, or you are a guest here, this question is for you. What must we do? And here's the answer. The next verse says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent. Make your mind up. I'm ready to change. I'm ready for a change. In the atmosphere we're living in now, with so many people dying by the thousands, no one here can guarantee that they're going to wake up and see tomorrow. In this kind of an atmosphere, I wonder why aren't churches filled up? Seems like now people will be running to God. Yeah. Now people will be pleading with God. Save me, Lord. I want to be saved. But yet, many are still wallowing in the dark. Having no desire because they think they see. They think they know everything. They think they okay. But the Bible says repent. Sir, you need to repent. You need to make your mind up. I'm going to serve God from now on. He knew you'd be here tonight. And he wanted you to hear this. Repent and be baptized. No exclusion. But, but, but brother, I'm a, I'm a Baptist. It doesn't matter. Every one of you. Brother, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Episcopalian. That doesn't matter. Every one of you. But brother, I'm an atheist. You the one really need to come. Every one of you. But I don't understand. Every one of you. You understand that? You talking to me? Yeah, I'm talking to you. I'm not looking at you right now, but I'm talking to you. You know who you are. And be baptized. How? In the name of Jesus Christ. Not, not raising your hand and repeating a sinner's prayer. There ain't no such thing as that. That's something some religions made up. Bow your heads and raise your hand. And, oh Lord, I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart and I receive you as my personal savior. And, and then he tell you you're saved. That's a preacher preaching out of darkness. The Bible says be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Why is that so important? Because it's for the remission of your sins. The washing away. You got to go to the pool to get washed. And then he said, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You receive power. God's going to give you power to live right. He's going to give you power to understand. He's going to give you power that will keep you. He'll give you power that's going to change you. And everything you need to be successful, living for God, God said, it's right here. It's right here. It's right here. All you need is to obey. Amen. So in this late hour, God wants you to come out of darkness. He wants you to come into his marvelous light. I wonder tonight, are there anybody here tonight, anybody that says, brother, you don't need to say nothing else. I'm ready. Would you raise your hand right now and say, brother Easter, I'm ready. I'm ready. We got a brother right here. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord. He, his hand went right up. I'm ready. I'm ready. There's more than one. There's more than one person here. So you still living in the dark. And you think you got it okay. You think your life is all right. You think you can make it. But you are in darkness. Jesus is inviting you to come to the light. He wants to open your eyes. One beautiful thing about this man. Not only was his eyes opened. But God opened his heart. Let's all stand together. I once was blind. Oh, but God, now I can see. Oh, I'm so thankful that day, Lord, when that man knocked on my door. I'm so thankful, Lord God, when he began to tell me about you. When he began to tell me of what his life used to be. And he was worse off than I was. And when I saw the change, when I saw the joy, when I saw the gift manifest in his life, I said, Lord, that's what I want. That's what I want. And God opened my eyes.
this church, if you would bow your head right now, I want you to pray for every lost soul that's in this sanctuary. Pray for every lost soul that's in this city. God, draw them unto you. Bring them to the light. The Lord sees you. He knows where you are. He wants to touch your eyes. He wants to touch your eyes and cause you to see the truth. He wants you to bring you revelation. He wants to change your world. God, let your will be done. Don't let that lady leave, Lord, without being baptized tonight. God, don't let that young man get away without his life being turned around. In the name of Jesus, I claim it, I claim it, I claim it. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. If there's somebody nearby you that needs to come to the front of the church, don't let them come by themselves. They may not want to come alone. But if there's somebody, you can go to them and say, listen, are you ready? Are you ready to give your life to God? I'll go with you. I'll pray with you. But let's go down front together. Hallelujah. Anybody, whosoever will, let them come as they sing and worship the Lord.